Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Happy cold morning, cold afternoon, cold evening. Well, it's it's cold where we are as we approach the first day of winter. You have stumbled upon the Your Fracking Welcome podcast, the podcast that tells you everything you need to know about the intersection of energy, politics, and your wallets. My name is Larry Behrens. I am the Western States Director for Power of the Future, joined as always by Rick Whitbeck, uh, Former birthday boy, still, I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, The artist formerly known as Birthday Boy as of yesterday. Happy birthday to you. Glad you're here and and with us today. Well, thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. And uh, pre-happy birthday to you this coming Friday. That's right. That's right. We, uh, you know, they chose well getting us together in in the same week. And so we have a lot to talk about as we head into the, the Christmas season. And, you know, there's just a lot going on with energy. And I know there's a lot of election news out there, but I all want to talk about, start off with some electric news, specifically here in New Mexico. If you go to powerthefuture.com, you could see we have the latest display of eco-left hypocrisy as New Mexico's governor, who has been, it looks like, forever snubbed by a potential Biden administration, um, you know, we'll have to wait for, you know, 20 years out to see the records on what really went down there. But for now, she is here in New Mexico and she is using power, not political power as much, uh, real literal power. And in this case, you know, a little history lesson is appropriate. You might recall back in April of 2019, she signed what was called the Energy Transition Act and the national media hailed it as New Mexico's mini Green New Deal. It is an aggressive, uh, some including us would say unrealistic renewable portfolio standard. But within that standard, it had a requirement that not many people have looked at. And it's the first renewable portfolio standard in the bill that has been widely touted. And it says by January 1, 2020, so nearly a year ago, all customers in New Mexico must be buying their electricity 20% renewable. Utilities, I should say, need to be selling 20% of their electricity from renewable sources to their customers. So thankfully in New Mexico, the governor's residence is a public building and we can take a look at those electric bills and you'd be surprised what we found. And so we'll just go back and let's just, you know, apples to apples. As I said, the bill was signed in April 2019. So we asked for the governor's electric bills and lo and behold, let's go to August 2020. Uh, I'm sure you were still locked down then. Well, during that time, our governor was only drawing 13.7% of her energy from renewable sources. In fact, kiss, for the whole <laughs> for the whole year, she only went above the 20% standard for one month, and that was in January. Every other year has been lower than the standard. She is not living by her own standard. Oh, but it gets so much better. These renewable portfolio standards that they tell us don't raise prices, don't cost uh, you any more money. Well, again, let's look at August 2019, the governor paid just a little over 1700 bucks for her electric bill. And when I say the governor paid, I mean the taxpayers of New Mexico paid her electric bill, just over $1,700. Hey, it's a governor's residence. I believe it's about 80,000 square feet, so not tiny, uh, especially in the Santa Fe area. And so 
1700 bucks. there it is. What do you think they were paying a year later? They were paying over $2,500, a massive increase in her electric bill that families are being forced to pay. So as we sit here this week, New Mexico has the seventh highest unemployment in the country. Energy jobs are at their lowest in a decade. The governor isn't living by her own renewable portfolio standards, and the taxpayers not only have to pay their own rising electric bills, but the governor's rising electric bills as well. And it's just uh, real simple to say, you know, here in New Mexico or really anywhere with, when it comes to the eco-left, if we could figure out a way to turn hypocrisy into electric power, that would be truly renewable here in New Mexico, Rick. Uh, amazing information there, Larry. I, uh, I, I will tell you that we don't have an 80,000 square foot um, residence for our government. Maybe it was 8,000. Maybe I need to look it, back. It, I'll it, double it, check on that. It's irrelevant to the conversation. <laughs> it, it's crazy how a, how a bill goes up. I mean, maybe she's just using that much more, Larry. Who knows? But certainly um, it, it's all for thee and not for me in the uh, ML uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham household. So let's talk about the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Not somebody you talk about every day, but they announced uh, short-term energy outlooks here last week, and, and we wrote about it on powerthefuture.com. That uh, one item of note was interesting. It, it affects your state and my state. The um, LNG, the, record, the liquefied natural gas export outlook for November was the best month in, or, the, or the, the results, the best month in history. And looking forward, um, LNG exports are, ex are expected to go up, Larry. Expected to go up. Again, exports of American energy are expected to go up in the short term. Now, that's great news, right? Absolutely. Except for what's going to happen when the potential, now we can still call it almost real, Biden administration is going to come in and threaten the jobs of all the energy workers working in natural gas because it's part of the just transition away and the, and the move towards renewables. But we've got winter weather gripping the northern hemisphere. I mean, right now we're in the teens. Uh, saw that you guys weren't, you know, that low, but certainly it's chilly where you are. Mm -hmm. um, U.S. export going up UX, U.S. export opportunities should be following suit, the market, right? Mm -hmm. When demand goes up, opportunities should abound. But they're not going to in a Biden-Harris administration. As a matter of fact, they're going to be put at risk, if not stopped altogether, because LNG and, and natural gas itself can't be used with the eco-left to, uh, to sustain or provide an energy solution for the u.s going forward just interesting because here's all this opportunity right we should be we should be running it uh, running it forward and then what we see instead is uh, is, is a is a threat to that so it got me thinking how does this just transition work in winter in alaska right um where i am today i'm gonna have about four and a half five ish hours of daylight here in anchorage uh, today, down in Ketchikan, they might have about nine hours up on the North Slope. They haven't seen the sun <clears throat> in about 35 days, and they won't for about another 45 days, 50 days. Um, they go about ah, almost just short of three months of zero sun. So how's this just transition to wind, 
or solar or geothermal, not nuclear because nuclear is not clean enough, gonna work in Alaska. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Ding, answer due. Larry? It won't. It's not going to. Thank you. <laughs> you win the prize for the day, right? And so I, I wrote on powerthefuture.com, it just went up this morning here on, on, on Tuesday morning, about the fact if the eco-left gets its way and we did away with fossil fuel-driven electricity and we lived above the Arctic Circle, where it's windy but certainly not sustainable wind, not all the time, and battery storage and things like that didn't allow for um, solar, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is prevalent during the summer, 24-hour daylight, to be stored until winter. I mean, this isn't, <clears throat> this isn't chipmunks and acorns. This is solar panels and energy. How's that going to work in Barrow? How's that going to work in Prudhoe? How's that going to work in Kotzebue, places in Alaska that have thousands of people? It's not. Another example of why Power of the Future is going to continue to fight the narrative that this whole just transition is good and, and easy and you know needed and really the wave of the future. So just some, uh, some light reading on powerofthefuture.com. I woke up uh, yesterday thinking about that as I was looking at 9.30 in the morning and the sun just beginning to rise and thought, yeah, this whole just transition crap is just that. It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, we haven't talked about it a whole lot. And it's a question I think I'm going to be asking in the future of, you know, we hear that from the left a whole bunch, just transition, just transition. And how that usually means is they want to kill jobs, but they're going to make themselves feel better by using their political allies to fund some taxpayer money to them to say, oh, well, you know, it's okay that you've lost your job because we gave you X amount of dollars of taxpayer money. So in fact, it's happening up here in New Mexico as well. They're killing a coal-fired power plant and probably the mine associated with it, but it's okay because they're sending uh, what they say is $40 million. Here's the question I would ask to any one of those eco-leftists. How much money would you take to give up your career? What I mean, are are you a pol uh, you know a political ally, the eco left, who's an attorney? How much money can I pay you to never run for office again and to give up your law license? How much money can I pay eco leftists to never protest again, never post a blog again? How much money C can we just give you some money to just transition to something else? If the answer to that question is no then why do you require that of others? It's really that simple. And so speaking of, not a good segue at all, so it's a completely different subject. Here in New Mexico, a lawsuit was filed this week against our attorney general. Now, you may recall here in New Mexico that we uncovered our state was part of, I want to say about 10 states that were a part of Michael Bloomberg's Lawyers for Hire program. Let me tell you how this worked. You all know the name Michael Bloomberg and you know the billions of dollars attached to him. Well, what he has done is he has developed a scheme that has uh, been ruled unethical in some states, outright illegal in others. And here in New Mexico, it's called business as usual, is what the Attorney General's office said. What he does is Michael Bloomberg will give money to Bloomberg Philanthropies. Bloomberg Philanthropies, if I could say the word correctly, we did say it was early, then gives money to NYU. NYU hires attorneys, and what they do is they tell friendly attorneys general that they will send those attorneys to their office to work on environmental issues. So Michael Bloomberg hires attorneys those attorneys then go to the AG's office. So imagine for a moment 
that there is any uh, you know number of oil natural gas companies in our states that Michael Bloomberg doesn't like. He now has an attorney he pays for in the New Mexico Attorney General's office that has the full power of the state to sue you, to sue me, to sue anyone um, out of existence. And Michael Bloomberg is literally footing the bill. It was outlawed in Virginia. Minnesota uh, raised questions about the lack of ethics in the practice. In fact, here in New Mexico, they even brought a bill. But uh, since we are a one-party state so far, it never got a hearing, a bill to outlaw the practice here in New Mexico. Well, it is not done. That's all passed right now. The attorneys are still there. Bloomberg is still doing this. In fact, when you see those headlines of you know, 10, 15 states sue Trump EPA, it's because Michael Bloomberg has told his attorneys to do it. That's usually how that works. But here in New Mexico, the Attorney General's office this week was sued themselves because they are refusing to turn over documents related to the program. And so it is a group that first highlighted uh, the Bloomberg program out of Virginia and in other states, and they have now looked at New Mexico, and they have asked the Attorney General essentially for documents saying, tell us what these lawyers are working on. Tell us the cases they're working on. Tell us their day-to-day -day work. The Attorney General has told them, I'm sorry, that's very confidential. Keep in mind, these lawyers are paid by Michael Bloomberg, even though they are New Mexico Attorney General, uh, for lack of a better word, deputized, and they have not provided the documents. So it'll be a lawsuit that was filed this week, and we'll see if the Attorney General turns over those documents. But as we get ready to wrap up here, Rick, I need to do one small correction because I'm sure our millions of listeners will send me an email. It is 8,000 square feet, not 80,000 square feet. Still a good feet. size house. But for, you know, let us say that we don't only talk about energy for a fun fact. Harrison Ford and Calista Flockhart were married there uh, under former Governor Bill Richardson. So Han Solo and Allie McBeal uh, were, you know, joined in holy matrimony in the New Mexico governor's residence, <laughs> uh, warmed by the heat of natural gas uh, with, <laughs> with uh, you know, uh, less renewable energy. Well, Rick, it's been a, a good week. Um, happy birthday. Happy early Christmas to you. I hope everything's going well up your way, my friend. Merry Christmas to you early. Happy birthday early. And for those of uh, those of you that want to send birthday wishes to Larry, Larry at PowerTheFuture.com. Thanks, Mom. Don't forget his birthday on Friday. I'll get one from Mom. <laughs> and that, I guess that's going to do it for, uh, for, for us and for uh, Daniel Turner and for everybody associated with Power of the Future. That would be Dan Daniel, Larry, and I. Uh, we just want to say uh, thanks again for, for tuning in and for all the eco-left idiots out there that think that we're just wasting our time, that you guys are going to win under this whole Biden-Harris administration, whatever you're thinking out there. You know what? The energy workers, Larry, Daniel, and I say, you're fracking welcome. That's it for this episode of Your Fracking Welcome, brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at powerthefuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome.